Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome everybody back to another episode of the Animals to the Max podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. Wow, that was kind of a dramatic intro there. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today on the show. I have one of my favorites, one of my buddies. I have Colin from Crosstown Exotics. Now, Colin's name might sound familiar. He was actually on the show back in April of 2020. And Colin actually runs a educational outreach company called Crosstown Exotics. And they focus on bringing a lot of reptiles and amphibians to special events, schools, and libraries in the Chicagoland area. You know, sometimes you get these podcast guests you just really click with and you feel like you could be good friends with. And I feel like talking with Colin, like we've been friends for years and we literally have never even met, but he's such a fun guy. And it's really interesting because Colin and I, we both have kind of mirrored each other in our career paths. He is in his 30s. I'm in my 30s as well. He started an outreach company over 10 years ago. I started an educational outreach company many years ago as well. And we were actually talking on the phone the other day and I looked at the phone and we were talking on the phone for over 40 minutes just about random things catching up. And I was like, dude, you have to come back on the podcast and just update us. Let us know what it's like running your own company, working with exotic animals. And so if you want to work with animals one day, and perhaps you want to maybe start your own company, maybe you want to become an entrepreneur and start a wildlife education company using exotic reptiles, this would be the podcast for you. It is very inspirational. And, you know, we just talk about the ups. We talk about the downs. It is a lot of work. In the interview, you'll hear that Colin is still working a full-time job while also juggling an animal collection of over 60 different animals. And he does, I think he did over 600 shows in the Chicago area last year. We also talk about animal jobs and careers and how some of those careers, you don't make a lot of money. We kind of pull back the curtain. I feel like a lot of people in the animal industry, they kind of shy away from talking about how much they make, but I feel like people should know the realities of what it's like when you do work with animals. We end with my favorite part and that's telling embarrassing stories. I, you guys, I was crying laughing at Colin and he shares a pretty embarrassing story and I myself share probably the most embarrassing thing I've ever said on the air and I can't believe I'm going to actually just put this out there in the universe but I feel like, you know what, if you're a listener of the show and you're hanging in with us, what, we're over like 200 episodes in, you deserve to hear this story. So I also tell an extremely embarrassing story. I cannot believe I actually told Colin this and I can't believe I'm about to tell you this. So hopefully you can relate to this. Before we get to the interview, please make sure to rate and review the show. Also, I just found out that Spotify is allowing listeners to now rate on Spotify. So if you are listening to the Animals to the Max podcast on Spotify, give us a five-star rating. I would really appreciate it. Or wherever you listen to the podcast on iTunes, it means a lot. And it helps honestly push the show out to more people who are interested into animals. I also have a quick announcement. The animals and I are now on Cameo. That is correct. We are on Cameo. So if you would like a personal greeting from me and the animals, perhaps Napoleon the emu, Sonny the alligator, Chompers the alligator, all you have to do is head on over to our Cameo page. It's just $30. 100% of the proceeds goes back to the animals and and we'll wish you a happy birthday. We'll say happy Valentine's Day because that's coming up. Or we'll just say hello to you. And, you know, like I said, we appreciate all of your support. I also want to encourage you as always to join us for the after show. Colin and I just, I, I swear to God, I like looked at the time. It was like, oh my God, we're over a half an hour in the after show. So if you want the full interview of us just literally talking, kicking back, having a good time, check that out. And that is for Patreon members only. All you have to do is head on over to patreon.com slash animals to the max. And you can become a Patreon. You can support the show. As you know, this show is a labor of love. I don't make money off the show. We don't have advertisers. So a Patreon is just a way for you to show appreciation and you get bonus episodes and we have hours of bonus content with all of your favorite guests. So check that out. I will put the link in the show notes. With that said though, let's get to it. Colin, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, nice to be here, Corbin. 
It's so good to be here, and I'm so nervous to pronounce your last name. It is such a mouthful for me, so I'm, I'm going to try it, my, my best. You ready for it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Colin, land, okay, hold on, land, okay, land, and dinner fur. I'm glad all my relatives have passed on so they couldn't hear that disgrace <laughs> of a pronunciation. I'm so sorry, um, man. No, it's Langenden fur. Honestly, it's really just, no, no, no. It's Langendurfer. What, Langendurfer? Langendurfer. Langendurfer. Okay. Come, well, you act yeah, like that's so a normal just, last name. Langendurfer. But I, I mean, I'm sure people have mispronounced your last name. So Max many. A, Max A. Oh. <laughs> no, I just would get, you know what I would hate? I would get MaxiPad my whole life. Oh, well, yeah. Sure. I mean, and before yeah. I even knew what they were in elementary school, kids were calling me that. And I had right. no idea. And I was like, why should I be offended? And then I found out during, you know, puberty class. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I got Langen Dorker, Langen, uh, Langen Banger in high school is my nickname. Um, just a bunch <laughs> of really cool. Awesome. Okay, so it's Langen Fur. Langen Durfer. Durfer. Awesome. Well, welcome back yeah. to the show, man. I'm so happy to have you. We actually, if uh, audience, if you're wondering how this kind of came to light, you and I were talking on the phone yesterday and we were like, dude, I looked at the phone. We were like on the phone for like 40 minutes and I was like, this yeah. should be a, this should be a podcast. Yeah. Honestly, Corbin, you and my fiance are the only ones that I talk over about like 20, 30 minutes on the phone with. So you should, you should feel, feel honored. I feel so honored, man. So how's it going? And by the way, audience, uh, Colin is the owner of Crosstown Exotics in Chicagoland. It is a, I mean, I guess, what would you say, like an educational outreach company that specializes in doing special events, library, school programs with exotic reptiles? Boom. You got it. So yeah, uh, we're just an educational company and we travel to you. So uh, really any event uh, that you wish will be there. So Typically now it's been like Jurassic Park birthday parties and things like that, but, um, and not so many schools, not so many libraries. We actually, this week started getting some calls for those again, but it's been two years since we've stepped foot in a school or a library. That's how crazy, um, you know, these, uh, COVID has kind of gotten to where, you know, we can't go back and have some normalcy, but we'll, we'll kind of wait until things get a little bit better and, you know, their health standards are lightened up a little bit. So were you, safer, I should say. were you scared that the business was going to go under during the coronavirus? Uh, no. And in, in that sense, because my, my business partner and I both had day jobs at that time. So realistically, if we didn't have any shows cool, because we were still working our day jobs. Um, so realistically at the end of the day, any money that we had saved up and stuff like that, uh, prior was just to maintain the animals and, Live comfortably. So if anything, you know, the animals got a little like a little fatter just because they're not like moving around as often. Like these animals get, you know, probably the ultimate enrichment. I know you're always taking your animals out, but like when it comes to the big snakes, these animals get to like be out more than just your standard, you know, ball python. Like they're getting to, you know, you know crawl on lawns and things like that during the summertime. So it's it I kind of felt bad for the animals because I really couldn't give them as much enrichment as I was giving them prior to the pandemic, which was kind of sad. Mm -hmm. And what type of animals are you currently caring for and how many? Um, if you put a number to it, uh, it's considered hoarding. So at this point, it's a manageable number that all the animals are uh, cared for adequately uh, with perfect health, you know, with regular vet checks. But um, I would say, you know, several dozen snakes, lizards, turtles, tortoises, uh, frogs, toads, insects, inverts, arachnids, stuff like that. So, so how many? 60, 70, 100? No, 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 not 100. Um, I'm looking around and behind my, him, he has I vision know. cages full I, of snakes. <laughs> right. And, no, so that's those are the tegus on the back. Oh, there. well, plus the Egyptian aromastic. But oh, nice. Um, the uh, I would say probably no more than sixty uh, in my collection. And then my partner, he's got his own collection, but he specializes more in the amphibians, uh, the arachnids, and the the insects. Okay, very cool. So you guys have been doing this, and how long have you been in Chicago? And by the way, I love how you call it Chicago Land. I love that. 
It is because we are not Chicago proper. If I was in Chicago proper, I'd be talking like this. I would say you should go down, go down the boulevard to the Jules, buy yourself a nice basket of Jules chicken. Basket. Um, <laughs> basket. Um, but I live in Chicago land, which is the suburbs. So that just makes me just more Midwestern speaking than uh, than a true Chicagoan. But uh, but yeah, Chicago land area because we do you know go all over. Probably uh, Chicago. Like a sixty mile radius of like of Chicago proper, so we try to you know cover a broad spectrum of, of areas. Yep. And how long have you been doing this? It'll be ten years, November thirtieth of this year. Ten years. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. So let's just talk. Let's just get to it, because you know. And I was talking to you on the phone. I feel like we should talk about it, because a lot of people want to sure. work, like. A lot of people want to work with animals one day, right? And you see people on Instagram, a lot of zookeepers do this, and you'll see them posing with whatever animal and being like, this is a dream job. But behind the scenes, you don't see that they're living in a one-bedroom apartment or have several roommates or a lot of zookeepers around the country have multiple jobs, like two jobs. And I thought... We should talk about this because I know you're in the transition whether or not if you're going to quit your full-time job to do this full-time. Let's just talk about it. Yeah. Um, so I think everyone's dream um, when they're in this type of field, when it comes to educating, is to kind of maybe go off on their own. Now, some are to serve you know, zoos and other institutions as well. But um, for you and I, we're kind of on that entrepreneurial road um, when it comes to the animal education aspect. So um, for me, again, I always wanted to do something with animals. I always wanted to educate, but you know, there was a part where I was like, oh, maybe I want to go into breeding animals or maybe I want to go, uh, you know, work, um, at like an aquarium. So there's so many different things, but, um, as soon as I kind of fell into my place, it was, Hey, I, I really want to go off on my own, um, and kind of curate a, a lineup of animals and a program that I would get excited for as a kid, instead of kind of being restricted by some of those AZA uh, rules and and and, uh, and protocols. So, um, not that we're doing anything crazy, you know, like you know throwing alligator snappers in your face or anything. But again, a lot of that, uh, a lot of the the guidelines um, kind of prohibit a lot of handling and hands-on interaction at those facilities. And I want to give people a little bit more um, interaction for for their money. And so um, getting to touch a, you know, a 12 foot green anaconda named Nebula or um, get hands on interaction with a caiman lizard or a rhino iguana or some of these really cool creatures that we only see behind glass at these institutions, uh, I think is something that is uh, is needed in communities, you know, big and small. Yep. Yep. So you decided to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And then what were you going to say? Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no. but uh, but overall, um, I I don't know what your background was before you got into your line of work. But like, did any of your relatives, mom, dad, ever have like a like a teaching background or anything like that? Like, what what kind of drove you to be like, hey, I like these animals and I want everyone to know about it. Like. Yeah, I think I always, well, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Idaho. So, ima- sure. yeah, so imagine a, a cabin in the woods, dude. We didn't even have, yeah. I don't think we had electricity or running water the first year. I mean, well, I mind you, we like would go to the cabin on and off before we full time moved in there. But I'm talking we had an outhouse like we were rural out in the middle of nowhere people. So I didn't have so any out, friends. Out. Go ahead. Time out. Like legitimately, you had no electric, like, no, okay. So you not have Nick. Go you ahead. didn't have like Nickelodeon or Disney Channel? Like, well, not yet. Well, so here's the deal. You so, were in a third world country. I know. What's going on in I, I, what the heck? I, I know, right? And my mom hates this story too because she's like, we had electricity when we moved in. So what had happened is my parents had a, had a place in town and they bought this cabin, this like tiny little A-frame cabin in the middle of the woods. So on the weekend, they would go and start refurbishing it and doing stuff. So we'd stay up there when there was no electric. And I remember the outhouse was so scary, Colin, because it was down like the mountain and you had, it was like dark and I can still feel like the cold seat on my butt. It was horrific. But anyway, so we moved in, we finally, we finally put a bathroom in and anyway, but long story short, most kids, most kids had friends and I didn't have any friends. I was just hanging out with animals. So I always had animals, always had pets. And as you can tell, I love talking and at 12, yeah. I rescued my first python and I would beg little uh, or little YMCAs to come talk. And 
it kind of started from there. And then I remember one lady, I'll never forget this. One lady came up to me after my presentation at the YMCA and was like, will you do birthday parties? And I was like, sure. And she's like, how much? And I was like, in my mind thinking, what should I say? So I was like, ten dollars and she's like smiled she's like okay and i remember like i thought yeah. ten, i thought ten dollars was asking way too much but that's how i started and i dude i built a good little business doing birthday parties yeah yeah so so that, that's, yeah, that's how awesome. i got started that's how i got started that's interesting yeah because you it, it is interesting how people have their origins and how you know some people look at it as like being i don't want to say narcissistic in a way but in, in showboating because there are people like that, like the Joe Exotics, where it's just to the extreme of where, you know, they they value um, their their essence of a human um, surrounded by the, you know, the, the animals that they keep. Mm. Um, because, again, there's nothing, I want to say there's nothing special about them. But I guess for me, too, you're, you're right. It's something that, and I, I think mine kind of evolved the same way. I really think that you and I are living in, like, the same world, but different like paradigms in the sense where like we grew up doing the exact same thing, just on opposite sides of the world. Yeah. Except or, or, sorry, the world, the U S I know. Yeah. Cause you were telling me that previous podcast about you. And I, I remember it was so weird how we paralleled like, yeah, go ahead tell us a little bit about but, that for new listeners. No, but uh, for me too, I mean, I grew up, you know, I was kind of a bigger kid and I, not that I didn't have many friends, but when I was in sports and stuff, I was always the chunky kid, whatever. So in wrestling, even though wrestling was kind of made for all, big body sizes and things like that as a you know as a you know not eight nine ten year old like you're still the fat kid even though Dude, you're wrestling you're still the fat did kid. you know i was fat too did you know this right Corbin, were, were we chunky bros yes like we were chunky bros dude. yes and people and people now say oh you were so cute and i said bull crap imagine no. living in those shoes no one wanted to no. date me i was always I, like the fat kid i can't did you know i was fat too I, uh, think... I think I did see a couple photos. You know what? No, when I was doing research on you before and saw your first yeah. Tonight Show uh, oh, yeah. appearance, I was like, Corbin, love I, it. I was healthy, man. You were a healthy boy. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And now look at us. We've got beautiful wives and fiancés. Yes. And we're living we're living a good life. So Yes. Okay, go um, ahead. Sorry, I rudely interrupted you. But I just wanted to no, let no you way. know, like, I was fat too. I share, I share yeah. that common thing with you. Yeah, so all I did was just read any bit of literature I had. So, you know, renting, you know, or, uh, and checking out books from the library, having reptiles, Ma magazine, Ranger, Rick, mm. national geographic. Uh, what was the ones where, was it national geographic or was it, um, highlights? What was the little highlights, but what was the other one where you got the little, it was like a little brochure pam pamphlet of each. Animal. Oh, I um, love those too. I know animals. There's like the crocodile, the lion. Yeah, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was a white piece of paper. It was really, oh, man, what, was the, what were those called? But regardless, I yeah. used to get those. Um, and then, you know, the, the little side hobbies of like origami, crazy bones, Pokemon, whatever I could do to like, you know, entertain myself. But mm. the main thing that I was just obsessed with was reptiles and animals overall. So I think once I, I got old enough, I was like, hey, like I know so much about this and I would just kind of impressed people with just my general knowledge, not realizing that I was doing so. And that kind of sparked my interest. But the, uh, I think overall I do come from a line of educators. So like my grandparents were both teachers for, you know, 30, 40 years, my sister's a teacher, my brother-in-law, my mom. So all these people, you know, in my life that were teachers, I'm like, Oh, so maybe I have the teaching bug. I just don't necessarily want to be a biology teacher or, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I think that's where mine kind of evolved from. I love that, dude. That is so cool. Your story sounds so much more inspirational than mine. You're like, my family comes from oh. this long line of teachers. <laughs> like, I don't have any teachers well, and on my it, side. Get this, though. It's, it's teachers and entrepreneurs. So oh, entrepreneurs. I have now yep. come into, yep. right. Um, so realistically, I've kind of come into this big ball of me, and that's just a nice mixture of the two. Yeah. So when you wanted, it's interesting. You said that you wanted to work at an aquarium and I even thought I, I wanted to do that. I remember a junior in high school. I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to, I think SeaWorld was my dream. And then things just took a different, uh, just a different route. And yeah, I just sure. found out more about those businesses, but you wanted to work at an aquarium or something like that. Yeah. Um, an aquarium, a zoo, you know, anything that I could kind of get some hands-on interaction with very unique creatures and, and yeah. stuff that, you know, you, you don't get to interact with in the hobby or, um, you know, even in, within the pet industry where you can find those. And, uh, 
you know, looking into some of those positions, you know, I, I was like, Hey dad, you know, this, you know, they're, they're hiring at the zoo or this position's opening. And he goes, well, how much money are you really going to make? And really looking into some of those positions, unless you're like, you know, a, the curator of, you know, herpetology or you're the curator of, of, you know, the, of the birds, um, or was it ornithology? I don't know. The bird curator. Ornithology. Very good. Yes. Ornithology. Um, not proctology, but ornithology. Um, <laughs> the, and plus we'll get to that later because I sure. feel like there's going to be some embarrassing stories later on, but, yes. um, but he, he was like, you know, you really can't live on a salary like that. And, you know, and, again, and no disrespect to anyone in that field because everyone's got their different situations in which they can choose, um, you know, kind of a career over uh, lifestyle, I guess. Um, and I was like, all right, well, how can I make this profitable? So for many, many years, again, I'm in my 10th year of doing this and I'm still not full time. Um, but they always say that, you know, if you work a job, you, you know, don't truly enjoy, you have to have a hobby that fuels your soul. And this hobby has become so large that it's now fueling my bank account and, you know, giving my animals amazing upgrades in their enclosures and, and things like that, that I could have never, you know, have dreamed. So I'm sure you were, you were in a very similar situation at one point in your career, but, um, you know, there is other options other than being in academia and working within institutions um, and being a traveling educator is one of those, you know, cool ways. Yeah. I wish, so my parents never set me down and said, listen, you're not going to make much money going in this field. And and I, I don't blame them for that. I feel like, and, sure. I, and I meant like going into the zookeeper route. I think my sure. parents supported me in whatever I wanted to do. And I think for a long time that was get a TV show. And that was back in the day when you could get a TV show and you're, I mean, you're, you when were TV set. Was cool. When, yeah, when, <laughs> yeah, when, 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 I mean, I don't even, I don't even watch normal TV anymore. I mean, does anybody, I, we just have apps, right? I don't know. So yeah. my parents never told me that, but it is when you, when I got older and started looking into the field it was just um pretty crazy how people working with these animals at these zoos they have these dream jobs but they just don't make a they don't make much money and you can make more i had on my friend tiffany who has a really popular tiktok account hunt for a keeper do you follow her um uh, no but i should yeah she's super cool but we talk about she was on my podcast several months ago and she was thinking Oh my God, she was driving down the road saying they're hiring almost as much at McDonald's as what she was making as a zookeeper. And it's just, it just blows your mind. And this is someone who has an education. And I, and I think Tiffany makes more than that, but she was using that as sure. an example as like, I could be flipping hamburgers. I mean, and so, and you're required right. to have an education. And so a lot of people don't talk about it. It, it is rough when you are a keeper and, you know, unless you are financially lucky, I guess. Right. And even in these, you know, big metropolitan areas, um, like we were, uh, you and I were talking the other day, there are at least four to, we'll say like four to five educators, um, traveling educators in Chicagoland. And we still have an infinite amount of shows to be done. What's crazy is the, the top, what the guy that did my birthday party as a kid, he's still around and him and I have a great relationship. Oh. Him and I were talking the other day of kind of about end of year stuff. And he said that he did over a thousand shows last year. Oh my God. And I'm like, what? I'm like, and he said that he still could not book enough. He said to turn down shows. I talked with another guy that had done, you know, several hundred shows that year. And he's like, I had to turn down shows. I had to turn down shows myself. And I did over 600 this year. And I'm like, this is absolutely insane um, because animals are becoming a huge thing. And that's partial to a partial thanks to, you know, individuals like yourself that are on social media promoting these species and how cool they are. Um, and, you know, YouTube and all these different platforms that people are sharing their their knowledge and sharing their collections and their passions for these animals. So because, and I always get things, now I haven't heard Corbin Max yet, but that's, you know, not a, a, a diss to you, Corbin, but I'll get places like Snake Discovery, like, hey, my kid oh, loves yeah. Emily Roberts from Snake Discovery. My oh. kid loves Brian Barcheck. My kid loves Jay from Prehistoric Pets. Yep. They love all these different accounts. And they see all these big snakes and they're like, hey, my son does not stop watching this. My daughter, it's obsessed. I think last time we were uh, talking that the amount of girls that are having us out to their birthday parties has skyrocketed. I think it's almost 50-50 at this point where it's 50-50 boys and girls mm. having me out for their parties. That is so but, cool. Um, 
Yeah. So I, I, I think that anyone looking to get into this industry and just like uh, Silly Safari, what was the gentleman's name? I can't remember. John, John, um, John. So in Indiana, there, I think he's like the only guy in Indiana that really does this stuff or the, the only prominent name in Indiana. There could be three or there could probably be 10 guys in Indiana that do this stuff. And uh, same thing with Chicagoland. It's anywhere that you live near a major city. It, there's so there's so many families that are looking to have you out. So many institutions like libraries, schools, park districts that just love, um, you know, that would love to have people uh, there with obviously insured and, you know, with a with the proper collection that tolerates being handled. But having these animals out to their institutions for hands-on interaction, kind of an up-close presentation with them. Yeah, so you're saying if you're listening to this podcast, listeners, and you don't want to go the zoo route, you don't want to go the aquarium route, you don't want to go the vet route, there is an option for you to be an entrepreneur and start your own wildlife education company. That's what you and I did. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It is is hard, though, to jump ship because I never was able to make it completely full-time all my expenses really went towards the animals they were so expensive and i know that you absolutely yeah i mean so let's talk about that because you're still at your full-time job man i think i think it's ready for you to jump ship it sounds like you're busy enough to do it yeah it it does it does uh it, it doesn't feel good selling my soul for eight hours a day um and then coming home and like you know and you know having to to you know clean the animals and and then hustle to, you know, a job, you know, post being at work. But um, no, it does take a lot of time. And, you know, sometimes these animals are better kept than I treat myself during those busy months where, you know, my priority is to make sure these animals are fed, they're hydrated, they're cleaned. Um, and then next is making sure that I get a shower at least once or twice a week. So that sounds uh, good. It, can get, it can get pretty, pretty hectic. So yeah. And what do you do full time right now? Uh, I'm an industrial hygienist, uh, along with a, like a safety specialist. So we're in big industry. I work out in a steel mill. Uh, we just do safety audits. Uh, we do like, uh, EPA, um, regulating, of like lead asbestos. Oh my God. Carbon. So yeah, a lot of different stuff. That is so different. You need to, I'm telling you what, man, it sounds like you're busy enough to start and, you know, to make this full time, dude. I really, I have faith yeah. in you. You need to, you need to take the plunge. It's so scary. It's scary taking the plunge. It is, it is for sure. Yeah. Hope, hopefully not much longer. Um, still got a, a wedding to pay for and things like that. But um, once, once that gets off and, you know, we get into a, a, a house, we'll, I should be good to go. Yeah, that's good. And do what you love to do. I I, feel, I think it's so I think it's so sad when people have to work miserable jobs, and so many people do it. I have I have done it. I have worked miserable jobs where I wanted to just you know poke my eyes out, and you know I just find something you love to do because what you spend sixty percent of your time working, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and, I, and driving. I mean. Uh... I think going to my my job, I think, is a solid forty five minute like commute to work okay. every day. So I mean, that's an hour and a half of my of my life. I'll never get back um, yeah. every day just going to work. So and Monday, I woke up to five inches of snow on the ground. Mm. Uh, today it was like negative. Oh my god, it was like negative two degrees outside. So um, you know, having to travel from one state to the next and then working on the lake, it's just yeah, it's not fun. How do you deal? Do you even have a day off? Because it sounds like you're working a full time job. And then how do you fit in what over 600 animal shows? How are you doing that? Yeah, uh, yeah, working a day job, having the having the shows, taking care of a fiance, all full time <laughs> job. Um, but uh, these type of things, it's just I, I think that's when my ADD kicks in, and for some reason, I fun I function best when my life is the most chaotic, and so what's crazy is like when we had a dip in shows in like the beginning of January, I was kind of lost. Cause I'm like, I feel like I need to be somewhere and I am not like we, we had consistent shows up until like the week of Christmas, which I uh, thankful for obviously, because you know, with 2020, that was traumatic to our, uh, to even go through for everyone. And I'm, I'm so glad that 2021 was, was uh, so prosperous for our business. But um, yeah, it was seven days a week, just nonstop. I think the only days off that we had, that I had personally, were for my um, 
my fiance and I typically go to uh, like on a trip. So this year we went to Florida. We did, you know, Animal Kingdom and things like that. But I think I had three or four days off. But even during those days, I think we were putting in like 40,000 steps just walking around those amusement parks. I'm like, okay, this is not, I need, I need a vacation from the vacation at this point. So yes. It was a bit crazy during that time, but um, no, I don't know. It's me personally. I'm, I just work best when things are most chaotic. So um, if I'm not answering emails or posting on social media or um, answering phone calls or running off and doing a, a program, um, I just, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Keep yourself busy for sure. I totally feel that. Yeah. So someone listening, what would be some good beginner animals to start off if you want to start a wildlife education company? And hopefully no one's yeah. listening in Chicago. Cause what if they're listening and they get a great idea from this podcast and then they like, you know, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> like take, no, take you no, out of business. Corbin. Like, no, Corbin. And honestly, um, they'd have to be really good to take me out of business, but, um, the, <laughs> that's good. I, I like no, your confidence. Just... No, it's good. But, um, no, there are there have been plenty of people um, actually in this last year that have approached me and said, hey, I want to start up a company that is like in the next town over. And I'm like, absolutely. What do you want to know? Um, honestly, I'm an open book. Like I said before, there is so many shows to be done, Corbin, that even, you know, even if, you know, you're like, oh, you know, I've got this library. I've been doing this library for years. And the next year they go with someone else. That's only because they want to switch up stuff for their, you know, for their patrons, for the people that, that they serve in the community. So when you're going to different schools, different uh, libraries, having a good you know group of, of of people in your area that you even feel comfortable referring off to, I love being able to refer shows that I can't do to my colleagues. Like they are such good human beings, I love them as a as a resource. And honestly, just like you and I get to talk, mm -hmm. um, kind of industry stuff where it's like we're laughing and joking because some of the stuff we experience is really ridiculous. Or sometimes we come into some business you know, um, uh, I guess some, some business issues that were like, Hey, how do you, how have you addressed this in the past? Mm. It's really nice to bounce, uh, bounce your ideas and bounce your problems and thoughts off of people that experience the same stuff that you do, because it's a very small industry. Um, and that's one thing that I really learned early on is that in Chicago, it wasn't the most, uh, warming place to be like, it was kind of cutthroat. The, 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 mm. the people in the industry weren't as friendly to work with. And I'm like, man, I, I, I'm like, you know, once I, I develop kind of my name, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to be someone that is an open book that will, you know, that will, you know, answer the questions and be as friendly as possible and always keep doors open. And just like with any business, it's always good to keep open doors instead of shutting ones, even though it might feel better to shut some doors. I think it's always good to be on good terms with everyone. And, uh, but yeah, this last year, there's a couple people that came up to me, one of them in Northwest Indiana, who I've done shows for before and said, Hey, listen, uh, you know, my, my kids are out of high school. I've got nothing to do. I want to start doing shows in Northwest Indiana. I'm like, dude, what do you got? What do you need? And so he's sending me stuff for, for logos and, and different, um, you know, verbiage for what he wants his, his show to promote. So I'm like, dude, anything you need, um, I'm here for you. So, um, you know, it's when it comes to the basis of, of, animals in your shows i always say go with what you like and if you're worried about bringing like duplicate animals where it's like oh well everyone has a bearded dragon or everyone's got a ball python or everyone's got a fill in the blank what you learn from corbin maxi is not what you're going to learn from colin you know like you can have a whole different set of facts for your bearded dragon than i have for my bearded dragon because that's just how humans work everyone's going to give you a different perspective on each animal yeah, there might be a couple replica fa replicate facts, but realistically, we're not going to be saying the same exact stuff about the same animal. Um, and that's what's cool about just variety, um, about seeing different creatures. Now, the best creatures obviously would be a bearded dragon. I mean, who can dispute that a bearded dragon isn't a very adjusted animal? Um, it's always on individuals, too. Oh, it's so boring, though. Oh, it's so boring. Right. Come on. Oh, my God. Come on, Colin. <sighs> You've got a don't you have a bearded dragon no he died thanks for bringing that up but no i'm kidding <laughs> no that he died i'm sorry i should laugh he oh died God. he died back in he died back i'm glad he died in he died in uh, 2005 man spike oh is yeah i haven't had a beardy for a while i was a freshman in high school in 05 really yeah it's a long time spike, yeah. yeah spike passed away but i will say that was a joke because they make great education animals because you could put them on people's yeah. shoulders their heads everything yeah yeah, yeah. um so you know blue tongue skinks another amazing 
yep. uh, lizard to go with. So blue tongue skinks, bearded dragons, leopard geckos, fat tail geckos. Yeah, they might be a little bit smaller. Um, we typically try to have a couple bigger creatures because, again, when you're doing libraries and festivals and, and, and uh, assemblies, it's kind of hard for people in the back to see a leopard gecko. So, um, you know, you want to make sure that you do have some bigger things, but also it just depends on your size. Like if there's if you're a smaller person, you might not be able to, you know, to drag in a tote with a hundred pound sulcata <laughs> or, you know, you know what I'm saying? I've you know, never heard so someone it say that. It's it's it's, it's funny, though. It's true. You it's can't, true, you, you know? can't be like a tiny hundred foot or a hundred foot. <laughs> sorry. You can't be a hundred yeah. pound person, like trying to haul in and a sulcata. hundred pound sulcata, right? It's just <laughs> not, it's not feasible. Um, you know, right now we've got a baby Aldabra tortoise and it's like, yeah, it's cool. Cause we get to bring him and you know, it's the second largest tortoise in the world. But you know, when it's a full grown adult, I mean, there's no way that we're going to bring him to, to shows, um, unless, you know, both my partner and I are, are there to, to kind of you know, lump them into the, can I, into the, the van. But, can I, can I tell you um, a funny story? It's completely yeah. sidetracked, but I thought, no, no cause problem. we have a large sulcata tortoise named Tinkerbell and she's around 85 yeah. pounds. So she's a pretty good size. And I thought, what if I were to put her in one of those wagons that you see, have you ever seen these wagons at home Depot or Lowe's where like they, yes. they have like the cages on the side you know what I'm talking about? Like they, they, yeah, they, they yeah. have the, they have like the collapsible sides, right? That you can load yeah. various stuff in. And I remember I thought, oh, this would be great. We'll put Tinkerbell in this wagon and wheel her out in front of audiences. And Colin, I only did it once because I we put Tinkerbell in the wagon. She didn't know what to do, so she just literally just like basically just was completely frozen. And it looked, you could see her through the sides and it looked like she was in prison. It was, it was like, oh, no. people were like looking like, oh my God, what is going on? And I remember I was That's like hilarious. telling my wife, I was like, oh my God, never again. Cause it looked like it, <laughs> it looked, I'm sorry. Cause it's, it, we don't keep her in that. So it, it just sure. did not look good. And I would never right. do that again, but it was trial and error with those. Yeah. Wow hilarious oh yeah dude with like the gate and everything and she was like this and people were like oh my god what do we do so <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious yeah so um, we're, yeah but we're, yeah but you know but, but there's a a good example is there's um an educator that's been around for a while her name is deb crone she's the frog lady frog lady presentations is her show and um she's you know spunky little girl maybe 100 115 pounds um, girl, I should say, she's a woman. Um, uh, she's, I think, in her like late, we'll just say early 20s, just to, oh, okay. you know, not to, to flatter her a little bit. So, but she's not. I mean, she's probably in her 40s. But um, <laughs> Deb, super, super, super charismatic. Like, dude, Deb is the best. Deb is, but Deb is the best. But Deb, you know, used to bring a Sokata and she's like, hey, listen, I'm not, because she used to, she actually worked for the Forest Reserves and she okay. was a naturalist for the Forest Reserves and did, and, and went into being an educator, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's a nice little transition. She used to do nature shows or nature center shows or whatever at, at our local, um, uh, at the community forest reserves and things, and then went into educating. But now instead of using a Sokata, she uses a red foot. Um, so she uses some smaller stuff or instead of using a big Burmese Python, she uses a red tailed boa. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be, you know, uh, respectful to yourself in those things, even though you may want to, you know, impress a bunch of people by having the giant snakes and having the giant tortoises, kids can learn just as much about these animals, even with the smallest creatures. So, yeah. And if you don't have a Burmese Python, people will still be just as impressed with the red tail boa. As long as you don't have them next to yeah. each other, they're still going to be like, sure. oh, it's a big snake, right. you know? Right. And honestly, every everything's a boa. Like, everything's a yeah. boa. It doesn't matter if you've got an albino Burmese python or, uh, you know, a, I don't even know, a corn snake. It's a boa. Or it's a, you know, or everything's an anaconda. Everything. Um, right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I think when it comes to educational stuff, Choose the animals that you love to interact with that you are passionate about, because the more passionate you are about a species, the more your audience gets involved. Because oh, honestly, yeah. if you're talking about something you're not interested in, mm. what fun is it for the audience if you're not excited about the stuff that you're showing? Um, and that's why Mike and I have kind of a, a, a pretty unique like group of animals, because we are showing animals that we wish that we could have seen as kids um, at, at different birthday parties. and. Even when Dave Danasso, he does Traveling World of Reptiles, uh, is the guy that, you know, did over a thousand shows this year and stuff. And 
and did my birthday party as a kid, he brought something, or he brought animals like waxy monkey tree frogs. And I was like, this is awesome. He brought like a big veiled chameleon, which again, wasn't super exotic, to, or it's not super exotic today, but back in the, you know, the mid nineties, like those were pretty exotic. Like they weren't as common as they are today, but he brought some really cool animals to my, my birthday that I was like, this stuff's insane. I, you know, I love being um, uh, surprised by seeing some unique creatures, but also like seeing some of the common stuff like the Burmese pythons and corn snakes and things like that. But. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I also realized too, during this, I, I realized this actually really recently that some of the animals that we find really mundane, like ball pythons or I don't know. For instance, let's say a Savannah monitor. Like I know in the sure. reptile community, that's very like, oh, it's just a monitor. But to a lot of people, that is so cool. And it truly is. Yeah. And so I realized that a lot of people are interested in stuff like that. So, you know, keep that in mind as well. I also would say check uh, your local herpetological society, your little local reptile and amphibian group, because they probably have animals that need homes. And you could provide a home for an animal, have an excellent story to share with other people, and you can add it to your collection. That That is a huge aspect to, to some educators. I know there's educators that their whole spin on their programs is the stories on how those animals came to be in their yeah. in their possession. Um, and a lot of times that helps the, the, the audiences connect with that species. Now, we haven't had too many of those instances. I know, Corbin, you've had uh, quite a few of those uh, mm -hmm. instances when it comes to your animals. Um, but most of the stuff that we teach about on our shows is just kind of the natural, like um, just the standard facts. And then if people want to go more in depth, Mm -hmm. then we, we can go in depth if they just want to make it, you know, a show about, hey, we just want to interact with the animals. We do that. But that also goes into being a good presenter, reading the crowd, making sure that oh. you can gauge your audience's attention uh, when it comes to, you know, the, the type of things that they want to be learning throughout your, your show. Because even if you've got a, you know, a scripted, you know, uh, 60 minute presentation, when you're talking to a group of three and four year olds, they're 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 going to make you feel like an idiot because, you're going to be getting those kids walking around. They're going to be playing patty cake, wet willing each other. And if you're not engaging those kids the way that they want to be engaged, which again, not to say you look like a clown, but those kids want to be more hands-on. So you've got to cater your show to be more hands-on than just talking to them because they don't want to be talked to. They want to see animals. So I think as a good presenter and as a good, good educator, you have to cater your, your presentation to the audience in front of you. So how do you start a show? Do you start a show with an animal or do you wait to bring the animal out? Pretend we're at a show. Three, two, one, bam. Hi, this is Colin with Crosstown Exotics. Uh, before we get started, uh, I just want to make sure we go over some ground rules because again, we want to make sure we have a safe and fun time interacting with these creatures. Uh, so my number one rule, this is just like school, just more fun with the alligators, but with the alligators, um, is that we want to make sure to raise our hands, okay? Mm -hmm. It's great for us to be excited about these animals, but if we could quiet down after the initial excitement and raise our hands, it keeps the animals nice and calm with the noise levels and it helps me hear you all better. I want to make sure that I get the uh, the audience to, again, make sure that they get the rules established. The second rule is this is not going to be fear factor. We understand that some of these animals are nightmare fuel. Some of them have tons of legs and some of them don't have legs at all. We want to make sure that if something scares you, it's okay. Let let us know. Say, hey, Mr. Reptile Guy, I'm not, I'm not about that. And you don't have to touch or hold any animal that is coming out. But keep in mind, we're going to get to see a very extensive collection of crazy cool creatures so take advantage of the time that we have today and interact with some of these animals, okay? Because, again, you don't want to humiliate people that are scared of these animals. Oh, that's so that up. Is... <laughs> you must haven't seen You're... any of my stage shows. <laughs> well, but, 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 yes, I, you know what? I have actually seen with the big snakes and stuff. Oh, yes, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, we have fun. But again, and exactly. And, again, not, and I'm not saying that's bad because everyone's got their styles, but from us, I think the best way to reach people, and again, a lot of those, you know, it's good to have fun, it's a good to stuff like this, but there's a lot of people that like are like purists where they're like, I'm gonna convert all these people at this show that they're gonna they're gonna love snakes, they're gonna want to marry a snake after this show, and I'm like, all right, listen, buddy, calm down, okay? Like, not not everyone here wants to love snakes at the end of the show, but if I can be you know casual and and show these people like my confidence in this animal and the confidence of what I'm doing and the professionalism of what I'm doing, along with making it a fun and uh, a fun interaction with with the audience, um, those people are more likely to interact with an animal that they wouldn't you know 
think that they've ever stepped foot in a room with before at the end of that show. And typically I'll get someone at the end saying, Hey, listen, I have never once in my, you know, 67 years of life touched a snake, spider, cockroach, whatever. And I just, for today, I just felt compelled. Like I wasn't, wasn't going to, I didn't want to. And then at the end of the show I did. Um, so that's the one big key that I think has been part of my success is not, I want to say I'm not pushing people's fears with, when it comes to these animals, but it is fun to kind of poke. Oh, with, I have uh, so much fun. fun but people that do that. No, now, yeah. now, mind you though, I think you're talking about when you're presenting to just a young audience, when we do some of those sure. fun things, which I have so much fun. I'm usually able sure. to gauge the crowd and I'm usually able to find Absolutely. the person who's scared, yes. but willing to have fun. But if, yes. if I'm sitting in front of preschoolers, I'm not going to, you know, scare no, the, no, no, no. <laughs> But like, you know, there's, there's been times where like, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone with like a principal of a school or a librarian yeah. and they're like, listen, you're not going to throw the snake on me. Right? Dude, like, and I... I'm like, good. She's yeah. Like, and I'm like, no, like, I'm not going to They're like, good. Cause we probably wouldn't hire you back if you tried that. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But there are some who are like, yeah, we've had people do that before and they know that I'm the scared one. I'm like, all right, well, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Don't worry about it. But, um, but yeah, no, there's definitely been some instances where I've been like preference, like do not mess with so-and-so because they'll, you know, they'll run through the door or they'll, yeah. you know, they'll crap their pants or Yeah. Whatever. Can I, can I tell you a funny story? It literally just came yeah. to me. I wondered if I ever, sure. I don't know if I've told you this one. It was like way back in my day. I was probably 13 years sure. old and I had my dad build me this big, tall wooden set and it was a door I would come out and it was this huge, heavy set and I, we painted the rainforest and I remember it was so heavy, oh, dude. No. We painted like monkeys and like there was a door. I would literally but come out, out you, of the set. But you traveled out. Time out. But yes. This is what you brought to presentation. Yes. Yes. Hold on. I only, I, I only did it twice. Just wait. Just wait. Just listen to this. So listen, dude, stop. And then, then we had a fog machine, but then people thought we were smoking in the back. So just wait. Just wait. Just wait. You're going to die. So, and mind you. Come on. Come on. Go come ahead. on. But time out. Set the scene. Is this is this Chunky Corbin? Chunky Corbin with a Chunky with, Corbin. Chunky Corbin with a with a with a uh, khaki hat, like a safari hat. Khaki, oh, no. dude. I know. Wait, and like, so I, so okay. Not only do I have a door, dude. I've always been into like the theatrics and like the fog and like the, like, dude. Me, hey, me too. Always, always, and I always wanted to bring that to my shows. But I remember we went to a preschool like classroom and like. <laughs> probably were wondering like what is going on right so we have this heavy set my parents are helping me set this set up and i'm behind there i'm all about the element of surprise so i come out i hold on so i (laughs) i come out through the door and in my set in my show there was this script where i heard this other knock at the door now remember i have my big door well i thought sure I have my dad cut out a little door on the side that we could put an iguana through. So in in the show, I pretend I hear a knock and say, who's that? And I open the door and the iguana is supposed to come out. Well, dude, so I have preschoolers all around me, right? We're in this classroom. They're already so confused at what is going on. And I, you know, I pretend like, I wonder who that is. (laughs) And I open the door. And uh, mind you, I told my dad, like, okay, you're going to kind of have to, like, put the iguana, (laughs) you're going to have to kind of push the iguana through because it won't probably come out on its own. So my dad kind of thrust the iguana through the door. And I remember I was like, who's that? The iguana goes through the door. And I remember all the preschool kids all of a sudden went, ah! And they all started <laughs> crying. They were terrified. Everyone, we oh just, my gosh. dude, we had to stop the show. They were tears, just terrified. Oh cause, no. Like, yes, because he came flying out and it scared. <laughs> like, it seems oh. horrible, dude. I just remember that. Oh my gosh. It was horrible. And honestly, something like that, you could lose the audience. Oh, I for the love, rest of the time. Oh, like the whole oh, time. God. It was gone. I, I didn't know what to do. I was like 13. And I remember they were like, hold oh, on. No. All the teachers had to like put the kids on their laps and reassure oh, them. And, that's hilarious. Dude, it was horrible. God. Horrible. So I I don't even know if I share this story. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll tell you afterwards. Because this well, is it's not about me. But it's not about me. So it's not about me. So it was it was something that I heard. Um I think no, I, they might listen to this. Okay. Uh, all right. 
I'll tell you. I'll tell you later. Sorry, it, it's a good one. No worries. Uh, it's not a good one. It's not a good one. I'll tell you later. Is this the one with the with the uh, opossum? No, 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 no. <laughs> that was that was so that was Dave. That was Dave, the guy that did my party as a kid. Yeah, dude, that was hilarious. That I don't know if anyone could ever top Dave. He's a legend. Dude. He's he's awesome. Okay. Such a good guy. So what, hilarious. A great showman. So what embarrassing things have happened to you? We did this during our last episode, and it was such a fun yeah, time. So when we were talking the other day, and we brought up the the last story of me breaking my number two rule, which is never go number two at a birthday party, like at a residential birthday party. <laughs> well, funny <laughs> enough, I will be at the house of the place where I broke my number two rule again this weekend. Um, they're hiring me back as for round two, number two of round two. Um, so it's my redemption. But I also mentioned that I'm starting keto again. And with keto, you kind of go through something called the keto flu when you're starting back in it again, which makes it so you have very unexpected uh, bathroom breaks. So oh hopefully God. I don't have to dash towards the restroom again like I had before and, and upset their grandfather. Yeah, and didn't you say, and listeners, tune in, but kind of refresh the listeners that they haven't heard this story, but you had your stomach really hurt at this kid's birthday party, right? Yeah, so um, thankfully my, my partner was with me. Sometimes we have the luxury of having both of us there. When it's kind of slower, we're both going to the same shows, but then other times we're not. And I walked into this birthday, and we were loading in some of these animals, and my stomach was growling, and I, I just – I. <laughs> I was like, wow, like I might have to, might have to go to the bathroom. I might have to poop. Um, and uh, you know, I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen as soon as it did. But um, I, I started to grab the last animal. And sometimes like, I was like, all right, well, there, there was a McDonald's on the street. Maybe I could jump in the car real quick and go. But, you know, and so I was like, hey, Mike, you start the show. I think I got to go to the bathroom. So I got to go. So I go to jump in the van. And as soon as I get in the van, I realized that I was not going to make it any further than this driveway. And, and I, was, I was so scared to even leave the seat of the car, of the van, because at that point, so... both of my legs were extended. And so, with both, my, my, both of my feet on the accelerator on the brake, oh just my pinching God. my cheeks together, <laughs> hoping to God that I didn't have an accident just sitting in, oh in the van. Oh, no. So I decide right then and there, like I have to break my number two rule and, and blow up this bathroom in, in this <sighs> poor, poor family's house. So I run inside. I don't even say hello. I just run inside. The first person I see was the mom. I go bathroom. She looks at me like uh, that way. So I go to the bathroom, not realizing that it was right in front of where the, <laughs> where the reptile show was taking place. <laughs> No, there's no aerosol. There's no like. There's no you know fragrance spray. There's no nothing for me to kind of mask this thing up. You know, I painted the ball with just you know the, the most rancid thing you could think of. Um, and as soon as I open the door to come back out, everyone's staring at me. Oh, you know, just no. you know, wit had witnessed everything that had gone on in there. All the sounds, all the splashes, and the grandfather looks at me and goes, "Please shut the door." And I go, "Oh God!" And so it was, oh. it smelled so bad. Um, so yeah, hopefully I won't have to make the same mistake again. And if so, I'm just driving to the nearest McDonald's where I'm pooping in the front yard. I'm not, I'm not traumatizing that family any more than I already have. Dude, you so. should, you, you should make a joke when you see the mom this weekend no. and be like, Hey, where's the uh, bathroom? You should do it just as a joke. Or you, you don't want to remind her of that. I'm sure everyone, no, I don't. do you think she remembers? So, absolutely. <laughs> Because I saw them, because I saw them, saw them this year at a at a black party, and they oh, go, no. "Oh, hey, do you remember us?" And I go, oh, I <laughs> or maybe they think you poop at everyone's house no. when you. No, my gosh, it's that is like that is yeah, that, that's my number two rule, and I and I broke it. Oh um, man, no, but this year too, Cor oh, Corbin, I didn't tell you this one when we were speaking. This year I had an accident, and oh no. So I, I was going up to uh, a show, and on the way there, oh God, this is goofy, but I, I kind of like leaned out to 
let out, let out a fart. <laughs> Hold on, were you in the car with your other? With I the, was in the car, right? No, but were you were, were you with anybody else? No, no, no. This is just me. Okay. Okay. And like two seconds into the fart, I realize that that may have been much more wet than I ever anticipated. Oh my god! Oh and, no! And so I'm. I am now in a panic where I'm like, I am wearing like light colored khaki shorts. <laughs> I don't know if I could do the show now. Like this is my last show of the day and I just let out a wet fart. <laughs> so I have no way of like checking myself. Like I'm like, I can't just go into someone's house and be like, Hey, can I go use the restroom really quick? Like, you know, we're, we have kind of a tight schedule when it comes to going from birthday to birthday. Like some of these weekends we've done like, you know, 10, 15, 20 shows in a weekend and we're going back to back to back to back to back with several groups of animals. So my, you know, my, my brain was like, Hey, maybe you should put your phone down on the seat, press record and do like uh, FaceTime. And like, <laughs> see if I could see, see if I could see, <laughs> See if I could see if I had shat myself. <laughs> You're proper so, about it. Shat. <laughs> right, right. I William Shatner myself, and um, and so this family is like kind of looking at me because like I was kind of standing, like I wasn't unloading the animals or anything. Like I was kind of being real awkward, like just kind of like hovering <laughs> around the car, like not, like making sure not to turn. Making sure not to turn my back to them because I also like I also tuck my polo in, so it's like I can't like drape my shirt down or anything like that to like oh, I would like cover up maybe a little stain. It, it, and it was in the middle of summer too, so like I didn't have like a coat to like tie around my waist or anything. <laughs> so like it was it was like all right, I need to make sure. And Corbin, sure enough, there was a little brown like just. <laughs> Just, and I was like, oh, my God. And it looked as if, like, I had spilled some coffee, but, oh. like, right in the right spot. And I was like, maybe if I spill more coffee on my pants, they won't notice. So, coffee on my pants as, like, a oopsie. So that, like, they didn't take, like, it, it took away the focus. I'm like, oh, man, I can't believe I did that. And I drink coffee all day long when it comes to doing that. That's, like, my rocket fuel. So that was my biggest diversion, was pouring coffee on my pants to divert from the shit stain on the back of my pants. Oh, so. my God. Oh, and you had to do the whole show? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, did you ask for the bath? Did you ask for the bathroom, though? Nope. Nope. Just bared down. Oh, just, my God. Just did it. I and would, if they're like, oh, what smells? I'm like, oh, I've got and, a 100-pound tortoise. Like, he always smells. So, yeah. like, that's my tortoise. Now, so, when you have, when you just do... Just like you, blame, blaming the sounds on the, on the, blaming the farts on the tortoise, right? Oh, 100%. Now, if you, that's so funny. Now, did you hurry the show up knowing because you had poop in your pants? <sighs> well, time out, time out. It was like a for any business like i'm just realizing like i'm gonna release this oh, into sure. the world and by the way we just we're like oh, no i'm kidding no okay ever okay hold on if anyone listening to this is judging us by the way we have all had we've all had close calls you are a human so please don't okay go ahead but so you and but still and the older you get like i didn't realize <laughs> that, so you, you, are you are you what 30 what are you now 31 32 i'm 32 32 so i'll be 32 this year um, but once you pass 30, you shit yourself on a regular basis. It's not even funny. Like it happens. I don't know why, but your body just, it's instead of letting you know, like, Hey, you've got an hour. It lets you know when you have mere seconds. And I'm like, why? We're, I'm 30 years old. I'm in like the first, you know, the first half of my, or first quarter of my life or whatever you want to say. But like, how am I, how am I having this many close calls? My fiance is like, do you need a diaper? Do you need, like, what is going on? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just not prioritizing my poops, I guess. I don't know. I just, there's too much going on. But, oh um, yeah, so, again, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, 
I don't know. It was a wet fart. I don't but, know. But it, it, it wasn't like, like you were. It wasn't you weren't performing with a with a turd in your pants. No, 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 no. no. So I wasn't no. performing with turd in pants. No, no, okay. no, no, no. And honestly, Corbin, how awful would that have been if it, if, if it like shook out my pants? Uh, see, here's the deal. I would have called the show off. Oh, no, no, hold on. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I would have said, I'm so sorry. Uh, there's a slight animal emergency. We'll be no. right back and have to go to the gas station or go to a Target and get oh. some clothes. Always blame it on the there animals. There wasn't a Target where I was at. There, there's no not anywhere close to a Target. Really? So there's nothing you can... Corbin, have. I just... And honestly, I don't know, like, because honestly, I don't know how well I did spreading the coffee. So, like, I may have just put coffee on myself, and there could have been a shit stain on my <laughs> on the back of my pants. <laughs> and it wouldn't have mattered. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, not not one of my proudest moments. But it happens when you travel, because you don't have the luxury yeah. of having a bathroom with you. Yeah, so I have a story I can't believe. I've never publicly shared this. I don't think anyone knows this but my wife. But I figured... I need to tell you this story because I almost, Wait, was, no, you, you do not know this story. This is recent. Oh, wow. This is, Wait, re- I'm your best friend. How I, am I, not, I know you're, you're keeping things from me. I'm keeping things. From, I feel like we would bond, but Colin, I almost okay. pooped my pants this summer at a show in front of hundreds oh, of people. No. Oh no. Mm. So let me set the scene. So once again, sure. it, it was a, you know what keyword a traveling show when you do i mean we were only yeah. like an hour and a half away but when you travel it just things mix up you know what i, I don't know there's something about be- yeah. life on the road and i remember it was a show in june in the heat of the summer in an outdoor park which i hate doing park shows because i don't like pulling up and having people already sitting there watching us set up and yeah. and all this stuff but we show up to this park and we, we 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 tell the library like listen we need like to set up in private this and that and they're like okay people shouldn't you know shouldn't uh, people shouldn't start showing up for at least another hour right i almost said people shouldn't anyway you get it yeah so yeah. Right. anyway we show up an hour early con there is already like maybe i don't know 50 60 people already just waiting for the show to start like the lawn blankets are out the chairs they're just sitting there waiting as we pull up in our van and we start setting up and i look at my wife and say oh my god my stomach hurts i have to go to the bathroom and this was like maybe 25 minutes before my show now here's the thing the van is already in front of everybody we have the we have the tent close to the van so literally it would have so i was stuck in a rock and a hard place because if i were to take the van and go to a mcdonald's like everyone already would have seen me go and it would leave and it would just make a big thing so I could, right. I could have used the bathroom in the park, but the bathroom in the park, it would have, I would have had to walk out in front of the audience and go to the bathroom right there. Or I noticed far off, kind of in the distance where everyone had parked their cars, there was a lone porta potty. Oh no. So what do you think I did? Either I, I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. So Anyway, I started walking towards the porta potty, right? And then people started like walking from their cars like to the show. They saw me and I I'm like, "Oh my god." So I so I I literally turn around and I go back in there. My wife was like, "Well, that's kind of quick." And I was like, "I didn't go. There's people walking." And she was like, "What are you going to do? Like either go now or you're going to poop yourself in front of hundreds of people." And so yeah. I made a beeline to the porta potty. It was uh, like 105 degrees, and I used the oh. porta potty and had to walk. Dude, it was horrifying. It was a horrible experience. Yeah. And then, what, 15 minutes later, have to go out and do a show in front of. There was like hundreds of people in this park, dude. It was horrific. Yeah. Nowhere to go. Yeah, dude, it was so embarrassing. I'm hoping not many people saw me go to the bathroom in the porta potty. Yeah, yeah, it's awkward. Or it's awkward to like. Like we'll we'll do shows at like um, like at venues or something like that or whatever and like even afterwards it's like hey I'm going to my next show but like I'll I'll use the the restroom that they have there oh. and like you're at the urinal and there's like the, the three year old kid that was asking all the questions standing <sighs> next to you in the urinal and you're like oh this is weird like I need my own I need to like use you know the yeah use a different restroom it's just weird just going to the bathroom yeah you just did a presentation with yeah and i had that happen to me i walked into the bathroom this was recent too 
and I walked into the bathroom and some kid had just got done peeing, a young kid. And then I walked in and he went out to shake my hand and I shook his hand. And what do you do? He's like, hi, Corbin Maxi. And he just... He had just got done peeing without washing his hands yep. and put his hand out and said, hi, Corbin Maxi. And on top of that, I think this kid's pants were down. So like the full on, like the full on, um, um, I call it, the well, butt. Corbin, don't, yes. Don't hate because that's how I pee. Oh You've my got, God. No, you dude. Just pull your, it's called preschool pee. No. Yeah. Yeah. Preschool pee. That's what you do. He full on yeah. preschool peed. He probably was at least eight yeah. or nine years old. And I was like, that's oh my God. Hate. That's why I hate using the, the restrooms that the, the people in my audience are using. <laughs> yeah. no, no, dude, not good. What do you do though? I shook his, <laughs> I shook his hand. No, you, you wouldn't have shook his hand. Oh gosh. What do you say? He's like, hi, I, hi, I, hi, hi, Colin Langen defer or Langen, Langen defer. Right. I would have said, Hey, cold and flu season and just elbowed him. Oh, see, you're quicker than me. I, I I was caught off guard. I did not expect to be greeted by a kid with that thing. I was trying to be nice. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could could you have washed your hands? Oh no, or could you? Or no, it was like I was walking oh, in no. as he was just finishing, and then I was like walking in towards oh, the back, and he was like, "Hi, Corbin Maxi," and he would sit at the front of my shows all summer long, and I was like, "Oh great!" Hey, and he shook my hand, and I was like, "Yeah." Oh boy. Because if I go like this, what am I going to say? Yeah. Yeah. Or the, or the, you'll get like the adults that come up and talk to you. I'm like, I'm, hey, I'm trying to take a leak. They're like, dude, that was awesome, man. Yeah. Dude, that snake was so big. And you're just like, yeah, yep. Yeah, hold on. Just let me, let me just shake this off real quick. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, well, we can talk. I'm uh, like, not, not when I'm inexposed. Here, no, not. Disposed, I should say. Not at all. Well, listen, Colin, you've said it all. Will you join me for the after show? Absolutely. Awesome. And it only take three more hours of your time. Now, audience. Sure, no problem. I'm kidding. If you want to join the after show, all you have to do is head on over to patreon.com slash animals to the max. But Colin, where can people follow you? Yeah. Uh, so I'm all the social media. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> uh, the YouTubes at Crosstown Exotics. YouTubes. You got that from Robert Oberst. At the YouTubes, yeah. At the YouTubes. I love when Robert goes, what up, YouTubes? <laughs> it's like... That's a, Chicago, that's a Chicago thing, though. You add an S to everything. Yeah. S the th- on the things that don't need it. It's so funny. Anyway, go check that out. I will put Colin's links in the show notes. With that said, let's head on over to the after show. Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Also, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. As always, if you have any guest suggestions, if you want to email me personally, head on over to CorbinMaxi.com. And if you haven't already, check out our social channels. You can follow me at CorbinMaxi on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time.